On this episode, I talk with my friend James Balsamo. He's an actor, producer, director, effects man, you name it, he does it. He also runs Acid Bath Productions. Enjoy. But I'm happy you're on the podcast with me. We've been friends for a while online, but we never actually chatted before, so this is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. You're uh, definitely one of the busiest men in freaking film that I know. You know, you've got so many badass films out there. I don't know how you do it. Thanks, man. How's uh everything out that way with all the uh, shutdowns and all that stuff? It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, you know, some things are, are low key, but then some things are full throttle. It, it's with the shots going around and herd immunity. People are starting to come out of their holes again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like the old people emerging onto the subterranean level. <laughs> yeah. It's the same around here. All the mole people are coming out and, and doing their mole people thing. So, yeah. Um, Holy. what's that holy moly yes holy moly indeed so um what's uh what are you working on now what's your newest film that you're working on well uh next week it wants blood comes out so go to your local walmart best buy barnes and noble target uh family video i don't think is around anymore but uh video stores around the world will have It Wants Blood starring Eric Roberts and Amy, you might know her as Lita Dumas, mm-hmm. and uh, Ola Ray from the Thriller Music's videos in it, and Steve Railsback from Turkey Shoot, and Life Force, Toby oh. Hooper's Life Force, and uh, great other movies like The Stuntman. So that's uh, about two political giants that have their own political giants they're actual creatures that these two running mates have and they will battle to the death nice that sounds awesome you great cast as always you always like fill the cast up with some badass like people from back in the day you know like nowadays heavy metal dudes like you kill it with that thanks man i mean if you like heavy metal cameos you got to see my first kids sci-fi adventure movie called alien danger with raven van slender that i'm making with bill victor arukin and sefok ramon and that has uh judas priest lead singer rob halford in it that's so badass yeah i can't wait to see that one yeah and tommy chong's in that one and uh, the gorn himself that fought william shatner Bobby Clark is in that also. Nice. That's a hell of a lineup. <laughs> oh, there yeah, there's there's too many to name. Brian Bonsall is in there, you know. He he played uh you know, one of the Klingons' sons. You might have mm-hmm. heard of him. his name is Worf. Oh, Only man. the greatest TV Klingon there is. Totally agree. Yeah. So that's a, that's a real fun one, and that's got stop animation in it, and uh, that'll be out this summer. And then in a few months, I already start shooting the sequel. So nice. Alien Danger 1 and 2 will hopefully hit stores uh, soon enough. And yeah. uh, got oh, some go toys coming out. Uh, David Arwaski from the Ninja Turtles made the action figures for mm-hmm. Alien Danger. So 
that'll be fun. You don't have to play with yourself anymore. You can play with these figures. <laughs> That's badass. Yeah, I'm going to have to probably uh, pick one of those figures up. Yeah. I do a little bit of collecting with like um, you know physical media and stuff like that. But uh, and my wife says we have we have no more room for shit. But you know we still got room. We still got room. There's <laughs> least room. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I saw some artwork yesterday. I think it's for the film you just mentioned. Some really badass like comic artwork. Yeah, I mean uh, the comic book king of monsters, Jeff Zorno, who does. The Godzilla comic book for IDW did the new It Wants Blood cover. And uh, Jeff and I have been working together for over a decade. He's kind of been my poster artist for almost all of my features. So Jeff is amazing. If you haven't seen Jeff Zorno, look up uh, Zorno Must Be Destroyed on Instagram or Twitter. He's he's incredible. And he really blew this new cover out of the water. So. I got a funny, uh, well, not a funny story, but I got a story about him. I actually met him at New Jersey Death Fest a few years ago, or actually probably like 10 years ago now, and I got some artwork signed by him that I have hung up in my living room. So, oh, cool. That's yeah. rad, yeah. Yes. He's definitely a character for sure. He sure is. You know, I was telling my girlfriend this story the other day. Uh, Jeff and I were in a casino. We were doing a show. I don't remember where it was. We were doing a signing in Connecticut together or something, and uh Jeff is a very loud guy, and I'm a very loud guy. And so security came over to us and was like, hey, you guys can't fight in here. And we were like, what? No, no, no. We're like brothers. We're having a conversation. And I was like, oh, I thought you were going to murder each other. <laughs> Damn. It sounds like y'all two get pretty rowdy. Yeah, we we like to party. Yeah. We like to party. That's cool. Yeah, meeting him was cool. Like I said, he was a he was a character. It was uh he was there and uh, another a, a pro wrestler was there that does a lot of killer artwork. Um, God damn, I'm trying to think of his name right now. Ton of tats, like badass, um, like um, extreme wrestler. Trying mm. to think of his name. Got a mohawk. Any of this ringing a bell with you? Mohawk. There's so yeah, there's many a with a mohawk. Extreme wrestlers. Oh, yeah. I I think you know he's missing teeth. Yes. Yes. Yes, I know who you're talking about. His name is Casey. Slag, ain't it? Isn't yeah, it Slag? Shit, yep, that's him. Yeah, I met him too at um that metal fest, and it was all in this giant ass fucking old like house, and there's like 500 metalheads in there. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that was a cool experience. Yeah, that that extreme wrestling, those death matches are really crazy now with the. I mean, I I always liked ECW. You know what I mean? I've worked with a lot of. Uh, ecw wrestlers in my day but mm -hmm. that that modern deathmatch stuff that is that is super extreme <laughs> it is it's beyond the level of what ecw was i think you know I, yeah it's true i mean they you know new jack was you know the craziest ecw wrestler there was and now i feel like they're all new jacks like everybody in those deathmatches are all everybody's a new jack yeah, totally. And um, they leave some damage behind, like all the blood and scars and all these guys have. It's nuts. Yeah, no, I know. It's crazy. Um, How hard is it getting like all these people together? Like you got a lot of egos you got to kind of deal with with these cast members sometimes. Like, is it you have any issues with that or? No, you know what? I. I like to think of myself as a cool cucumber. You know what I mean? I. 
I'm I'm a pretty chill guy, so the vibe on my set is usually pretty chill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So even when I have a lot of stuff to do and a lot of scenes to burn through, I think the way I handle things is pretty cool, and I've been lucky enough not to really have any divas. I mean, I've been making movies for 15 years, and I can't think of one you know, real actor that actually gave me trouble. Wow. So I've been lucky for that. Yeah, you're definitely lucky with that, for real. I also want to make a correction there. It's, it's not slag, it's schlack. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I, I was like on the tip of my tongue. I, like, I knew who the fuck this is. So I'm like, no, so <laughs> schlack. Yeah, he's a badass. And I met him there, you know, during that festival and stuff. He would be a cool dude to have in your movie. Oh, Any yeah. He's like, that dude's a, a monster, man. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him mess some people up and get messed up. He's he's intense. <laughs> yes, indeed. What um what got you started like doing movies and like horror in general? Well, I loved horror since I was a kid. When I was eight, I watched uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three with my dad, and I was like, I want to be that guy behind the mask. You know what I mean? I want to be the guy putting girls on meat hooks in barns. <laughs> and uh, and so I was terrible at sports. And I wasn't good at math. And so my mom was like, you got to do something. And I was like, "Can you want to do acting classes? And I was like, so I could be the guy that wears the mask. And she was like, no, no, you could do so much more than that. I was like, yeah, but I want to be the guy that wears the mask and kills those pretty girls. That's kind of what I want to do. And she was like, all right, well, let's take you to acting school and see what happens. And so I had always wanted to be in horror movies, but I didn't know anybody that made horror movies. So I acted all the way up until college. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to make my own movie after I started interning at Troma. And that was it. I started working for Troma and uh, taking out Lloyd Kaufman's garbage and Michael Herr's trash out of their office for free. And I did that for almost a year. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to film school, know how to make a movie. And that was it. And then my first film, I finished it seven years after I had started it. Mm. I got picked up for worldwide distribution all over the U.S. and Canada. It was called Hack Job. It had Guar in it, the mm-hmm. late name Rocky, a.k.a. Odorous Urungus. And uh, I've been making feature films ever since. Wow. How was it uh, working with Lloyd? Great. I mean, I'm still friends with Lloyd. Uh you know, it, it's cool. He was wearing uh, the Hackjob T-shirt on the Newcomb High uh, Redux DVD behind the features. So that was cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's way so, cool. Like uh, Lloyd and I, we're, we're still friendly. You know what I mean? I don't talk to him on the phone every day, but I, when I see him around, because, I mean, before COVID, I was doing a lot of conventions, and Lloyd does a lot of conventions, so we would see each other. You know, so it's cool. It's cool to to see him see me as as a peer and not the guy taking out his trash as an intern for free. So that's that's nice. Yeah, you've definitely made your mark. Like I've reviewed a a bunch of your films of shit. I've had my band do some music in some of your movies and stuff, man. You kill it, you know, like, you know what you're going for there. Like the comedy horror, you fucking nail it. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And I love your, your band and your music, so thanks for being a part of it. Well, I appreciate that. And that's always something I would throw at people like, hey, guess what? My band was in this movie here. Check this shit out. And I always like, you know, throw it your way. So it's like double promotion, you know? Yeah, I totally get it. And I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. 
but yeah, no. I, I love what I do, and it, it's cool knowing Lloyd and and so many great other you know characters. Like I said, I was a kid and I was into horror, so I used to go to the circus and you know after doing the convention circuit for seven years, being credited as a celebrity guest next to the people that I used to like run up and get autographs from. It's pretty cool, especially like seeing Tom Savini. That's always a trip. Mm-hmm. How was he in a uh, real life? He's great. You know, he did a cameo in my film Cool as Hell in 2013. And, uh, you know, he's I think he's a great guy. I, I really looked up to a lot of his stuff. You know, I do a lot of effects and that's because I love Tom Savini's work. So it's cool to know him as a person and to have him, you know, be in one of my films, I think is pretty cool, too. So, yeah, it's definitely an honor. I mean, he's the king of practical effects. I mean. Without him, we wouldn't have shit that we have today. That's true. He really, he really pioneered a lot of cool gags. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he doesn't seem to age either. That's the thing I know about him. Like he's still in fucking great shape. <laughs> he, you know, he works out. He's got a great work ethic. He's always doing something. So. Yeah, hopefully, uh, we can all aspire to be like that when we get up to his age. You know. That's true. I mean, his whole career, he's he's been, you know, doing great things. I think my favorite thing I've seen him in was uh, Dust Till Dawn, man. I love his sex machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that movie is always a great watch. In fact, I just watched it like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it never gets old. Like, it's so never fucking good, old. man. I you know. always find something new about it, too, when you're watching. Like, oh, I didn't see that last time I seen it. If I seen this a thousand times, I didn't pick up on that, you know? It's true. Yeah, the effects are great. The acting's great. I mean, the cast is great. It's, yeah, I would almost say it's a perfect film. Like, and that's no, a hard thing agree. to say. It is definitely a perfect film. Like, I rarely give movies tens. Like, that, you gotta be really like blowing my mind. But I, I would definitely give that one a ten in my True. rating chart there. Yeah, I mean, the pacing is incredible in that film too. It's it's like a nonstop thrill ride the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And it's so dark and dirty, like you feel nasty watching, like you feel like <laughs> dark and grimy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially the scene in the hotel room with, when they kidnapped the bank teller, the aftermath. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. damn, yeah. I know. Watching that as a kid, I was like, fuck, because I, I was watching horror movies at a really young age. My parents didn't care about, you know, rated R and none of that shit. Mm-hmm. So it would take me to watch all these crazy ass movies. And that was one of them I watched. And I remember it keeping me up for a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> mhm. I've um like what movies have you been watching like for the past couple of years that've kind of blown you away? You know, I I really like the Shining sequel. Mhm. I, I saw that in the theater before all this madness happened and I you know, it it really sparked a cinematic joy in me. I I thought it was really fun. You mm-hmm. know. Um, I watch a lot of old, a lot of old movies like uh, exploitation horror from like the 70s to 94, you know, where practical effects were like really a thing. So I'm always finding like weird uh, horror gems. Like I just watched one, I think last week called Death Run. Death Run. Uh huh. You ever hear that one? I've heard of it, but I'm not sure if I've seen it. I'm looking at my IMBD right now. (laughs) It's a great watch. Um, You know, it's like a post-apocalyptic mutant uh, crazy 
crazy fest. You know what I mean? It's uh-huh. just one thing goes wrong after the other. I don't want to spoil it because you should definitely watch it. But um, it's got mutants in it and gore and, and nudity and and it's like futuristic. It's really fun. I, I like stuff like that fun. So even if they they don't nail all of the execution with the locations or the actors or the dialogue, I think if the concept is there, there's a movie there. You know what right. I mean? Right. I'm going to put that on my list because that's hitting all my key things. I love old like I'm, 80s I'm films or even 70s, like sci-fi horror. I love that shit. I'm telling you, check that one out. Death Run, it's really funny. My my buddy Billy Coyne recommended it to me. He's a, an effects artist. He did makeup on me in the movie Groundhog. That's a fun slasher film I acted in. But, mm-hmm. uh, but Billy was like, this movie is perfect. And I watched it, and it is. It's great. It's really fun for exploitation. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's like low buzz budget. It's great. It's great. Cool. Anything else that's kind of caught your eye? Um, you know what? I've kind of been super busy i i try to watch things here and there i i tried to make it through mortal Kombat last night because mm-hmm. it just came out and uh, i i love the games and i'm not a big fan of cgi so yeah yeah so for me sitting through something like that is always kind of hard that's why i i rather watch something cheesy from the 80s with like latex and you see the pump you know what i mean and the right. tubing like for me that's a more enjoyable watch cuz i could i could laugh at it and i could see you know the foot of the guy pressing the blood pump still in frame like right. <laughs> like all that stuff is more fun than watching like a a, a polished cgi scorpion blow fire so yeah actually i watched that this morning i was trying to my wife wanted to watch it with me, but we ended up not, we didn't watch it last night. I'm like, man, I can't hold off this long, so I watched it this morning. So yeah. she don't know, but so we're still gonna watch it again. But <laughs> I, and I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. Like I love fucking Mortal Kombat since I was a kid. Like and I loved the first like original movie. That's still one of my favorites. Yeah. And I like this one too. Like I would give it like an eight uh-huh. out of ten or whatever. But yeah, the CGI is pretty excessive. But it is it's kind of well done for what it is. I still prefer oh, yeah. practical, and I prefer oh, practical Goro. That Goro but, scene is great. I mean, but I I prefer the original animatronic Goro, which still yeah. looks great today mm-hmm. from that original. You know what I mean? It's basically like a hat on top of that other actor with the second pair of arms and the head. But I still think that animatronic is cooler than CGI, just for me. That's my own personal taste. You know what I mean? Right. No, so, I'm right with you on that. Practical is always king, like, for me, too. So. Yeah, but, I mean, I could still enjoy uh cgi to a point you know what i mean i i still watched mortal Kombat and i thought it was entertaining so yeah it's been getting a lot of hate uh, like mixed reviews and mostly hate i'm like i was like and there's like oh well the acting was bad i'm like dude it's mortal Kombat. have you ever played the games or watched you know it's I not know. about the acting <laughs> like, I know. yeah it's about the special effects and fucking fatalities and shit so yeah exactly it's about ripping somebody's spinal cord out while their skull is still attached Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they did um, pay some good homage to um, some of the like old school fatalities. It had Jax's like head crushing one. I think Kano had his heart ripping one. I was like, that's fucking cool, you know. Yep. Kano had the heart ripping one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a lot better than Annihilation. 
Yeah. Stop. Have, did you ever see Mortal Kombat Annihilation? I did. Yeah. 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 Let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I revisited that one a couple weeks ago just for shit. So I'm like, oh, I like this as a kid. And yeah. I watched it. I'm like, fuck, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hold up very well. It's not a flawless victory. No, not at all. I'm like, shit, how the hell did I like this as a kid? I even went to the theaters to see it and shit. I'm like, man, this one's horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what's... For me, I try not to do that, especially if I really liked a movie. I try not to revisit it and just go back because so many things look different, especially as you like learn about cinema and editing. It's like... It's really hard to watch a movie you liked as a kid and then have that same feeling. Sometimes it it works, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you said, Dusk Till Dawn, it, it's great always. It's always great. But but some movies I've revisited and I'm like, oh my god, they're they're breaking the 180 axis and that's a jump cut looks terrible. Well, oh no, like who cut yeah. this together? You know what I mean? So. And sometimes when you do like the HD versions from VHS quality, like they lose some of the magic, you know, I kind of like the VHS version because it holds some of the magic in. Like you can't see all the like strings attached to this or that. You know what I mean? My my go to for that is the Ghoulies HD version uh-huh. ever exported. It didn't check um, what it looked like because you see all of the puppeteers forearms when they're in the basement. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Damn. And so, uh, Ted Nicolau, uh, he, he's the original editor on that film. And I was, I was interviewing him for uh, a film of mine, mind melters. And I had asked him off camera, you know what I mean? Did huh. you see this cut? And he had no idea. You know what I mean? Oh God. So I, I don't know. They must've just hired a company to, do it for cable or something like that. I mean, it happens, you know what right. I mean? You're, you're trying to rush something out and they basically just put a filter on it. You know what I mean? That bumps it up to HD. There's like a processing kind of thing, but whoever did it was like either like, well, if we just color grade this one scene, it's not going to look the same. So we'll just leave it in the movie. And I, I think sometimes restoring it to HD destroys an old, classic film like that mm-hmm. i totally agree with that i still have a vhs player and i still have vhs tapes <laughs> yeah. you know yeah and, and you can't get a lot of these newer movies on these classic movies on uh dvd or blu-ray you got to get them on vhs mm-hmm. so, i mean i i still have vhs you know you could get some of my films at acidbathproductions.com on vhs nice I mean, whoever's listening to this you need to do that yeah check it highly out. recommend <clears throat> there's a company out now that does a lot of cool like new movies on vhs they're called a uh, witter entertainment w-i-t-t-e-r entertainment yeah and, uh, they also go by broke horror fan you ever heard of them yeah i know them yeah they do some killer shit like they take a lot of my money <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. i was fighting from um, what the new uh, nicholas cage movie uh was it willie's wonderland or wally's wonderland oh uh, yeah did you see that uh, you know what? I have not seen it yet. I've been trying to wait till the VHS gets here for I can watch it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I'm like, I want this shit. You know, it's fucking Nick Cage. I'm a big fan of his, so I, I want it. You know. Yeah, my step my stepdaughter really likes it. We watched that together, all three of us. It was fun. It was a Did fun. Did you like? I liked it. Yeah, I, I we love Nicolas Cage. You know, my girlfriend yeah. calls him Nicky Cage. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Ooh, we're gonna watch a Nicky Cage movie. So it's good to see it, like uh, like see him back in films again, like he is. Like he's made a hell of a comeback. He has, yeah. He's he's been working a lot lately. He does some fun stuff. And my favorite thing from him, like like all time favorite, is Mandy. Oh yeah, that's that's really fun. So uh, can can we have a spoiler alert conversation? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Mandy, this is a spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you think that whole movie is a fantasy from that last shot? where you see the painting. Oh, wow. I've never thought of that. Yeah. That's mm. the question I like to ask people that have seen Mandy. Uh-huh. That is it all, is it all a fantasy? Wow. That's a good one to think about when I rewatch that again, I'm going to keep that in mind. Cause I, that's one of my favorite films I've watched like 10 times. I've never actually thought about that. That's pretty cool. You threw that out there. Yeah. It could totally be. I mean, the way it's all dreamy, any fucking ways. I mean, yeah, it definitely totally be that. that. Shot. That's that's kind of how that played to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd love to pick Panos's brain about that. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, if you ever ask, interview him. There you go. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> he's kind of reclusive from what I hear, and I've I've looked into ways of trying to get in contact with him, and it's not easy. But yeah. it, I'm not saying it won't happen, but it's not going to be easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that Mandy, man, that, that one hit me hard. I, I have so much um, this like respect for that film and everything else. Like, is this it hit me hard at a hard time in life, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's I, a good one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Definitely fun. I, yep. And I own that on like three or four different VHS versions that I went on eBay to find. And I got one from Witter entertainment. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm a little crazy over there. And I got a signed script from, uh, I think, I think Pano signed it, I believe. So I got that sitting around somewhere. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um, been trying to find a film to kind of top that since Mandy's came out and it's been really mm-hmm. hard. Like that's a hard one to beat. Yeah. So I'm kind of left in this void right now where I'm like, oh, this is cool and everything, but it's not it's not Mandy good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sucks, man. Like, Have you seen watching... Caligula? Oh, Caligula. Yeah, the old movie, right? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's okay. It's not my thing. <laughs> but it's definitely uh, it's shocking. That's for sure. It's definitely shocking. <laughs> Oh man, there's a there's one I got that tops Caligula. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. I think it's called The Devil's Honey, I believe. Oh yeah, the biker movie. No, this is a Spanish film. If I'm thinking of the right one here, I think it's called The Devil's Honey. Let me uh, I'm looking it up as we speak. It was on Shutter when Shutter first came out. Oh, uh, is that Fulci? No, it's not, no. I, I can't remember the director. There's nobody like, you know, that you would really you know, put a name to a movie or whatever. And I don't think it's called devil's honey. So I might be wrong on that, but, um, it's Fulci. Is it? Yeah, no, I've seen this. Okay. Yeah. I think that one was pretty, uh, pretty shocking. Internet's got your back. It's like, no, no, you're right. It's Fulci. (laughs) Yeah. You can get anything on the internet and find out what you need. Yeah. I I, I love Fulci. So. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I got, I got that one. Yeah, 
I haven't watched anything uh, too shocking in the past few years. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. I did watch a movie called Atroz. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that one. It's uh, also known as Atrocious, I believe. The Spanish uh-huh. uh, thing is Atroz. And um, you can watch that on uh, – there's a Rue Morgue app they got. It's called like After the Midnight Club, I believe. Uh-huh. They have it on there, and I think it's on Tubi now for free. Mm. But, um, dude, yeah. People's like, oh, Serbian film's shocking, oh, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you haven't seen a Trolls, dude. Like, yeah, you ain't seen shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I grew up on Guar, so, it, you know, the whole baby interaction thing, I'm like, eh. Yeah, and it, that, I never liked the Serbian film thing. It's not, that's not my thing, you know what I mean? I watch it just to see what all the fucking, you know, talk was about. I'm like, all right, I'm, you know, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With this film here, I'm talking about a Trolls, man, like, the violence is so realistic and shit. It's, it's pretty hard to watch, even for me. And I've seen some fucked up shit. Like, right. The directors of this film, they got questioned about if this was a, a real snuff film or like, you know, what is this shit we're watching here? And they had to like go to court for all this stuff. So. Oh yeah, it's like uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Same thing happened to uh, Dan Danto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of in the same water with that. Who, who are some of your who's some of the of your favorite like people you work with over your career? You know what I've I've worked with so many. Uh, you know, working with Quar was mm-hmm. a big deal for me, and I still am. Hunter Jackson, original founding member, aka Techno Destructo, has been uh, making creatures uh, for Alien Danger Two, and he's made the body to one of the creatures, and uh, it wants blood. So. You know, it's pretty cool to have Guar working for me. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, Hunter's a really cool guy, and he's such a talented artist also. So, you know, I I mean, the list is ever-growing. I mean, uh, in the last six months, I made a werewolf movie with Andy Dick. Yeah, let's see part of that. <laughs> uh, you know, I got Tommy Chong. And Rob Halford from Judas Priest. And then, you know, uh, Tony Todd was really cool. Candy mm-hmm. himself. And like I said, Tom Savini, Tom Sizemore was really cool. Um, the the list just goes on and on and on. I mean, Carmen Capo Bianco from Psychos and Love, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Becoming a good friend of mine. Sadly, he passed away uh a few months ago. So right. I dedicated, uh, it wants blood to Carmen. So that's cool. And it sucks. He, you know, died or whatever, but that's cool. You dedicated it. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you, you know, that's life. What are you going to do? I, uh, yeah. I cried, but the living must go on living. Right. So exactly. Exactly. I remember, uh, I can't remember the name of the film off the top of my head now, but you had a uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis in there. I did. He's in my film Bite School, and, and again, right. that was said when, when Herschel died, but I, I tried to get Herschel in a movie for six years. It took me six years to get Herschel to say yes, and mm-hmm. we were doing a show in Florida together, and I couldn't believe that he was sitting at a table with Patty Mullen. They didn't even give him a full table. They oh. had split the table with Herschel and Frankenhooker herself. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Frankenhooker, I just got James Lorenz uh, nice. in my other film, 14 Ghosts. But anyway, to go back to Herschel, he 
he was so sweet. All he had asked me for was a chocolate milk after we had <laughs> filming. Oh, and man. Brought up the chocolate milk, and he said, you are such a sweet man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking amazing there, man. I know. Was he? A, so I guess he was pleasant to work with, and it sounds like he was really sweet. He was so sweet. And, um, I mean, you know, Herschel was up there when I had started filming with him. So uh, we had done a panel together the night before. It was me and, and several other filmmakers and Herschel Gordon-Lewis talking about exploitation films. And I got Herschel to sing, um, you know, one of the theme songs from one of his films. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so he, he was like, Oh, I like this guy. You know what I mean? So he was all about it. And then when we went to film, we had to go from downstairs to upstairs. And he was like, Oh boy, this is far. You know what I mean? Cause he was an old man at the time we were filming. And I was like, Oh no, it's. And so once I had him in the room, I kind of uh -huh. milked it for everything that it, that it was worth. Cause he was game for it. So he actually became a framing device for the whole film bite school. Wow. Yeah. And I remember seeing Bite School now, too. Now we have the name to the movie because, shit, I think our song was in Bite School, if I'm not mistaken. We had a song yeah. in there, which yeah. I was like, fucking, that's cool as hell. So I uh, <laughs> really enjoyed that one. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm working on the sequel now. It's called uh, Bite School 2 from Dusk Till Bong. <laughs> nice. I'll be yeah. looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be fun. I. You know, I, I took on so many projects because I'm not touring, you know what I mean? So some things got moved around. So hopefully we'll start shooting that uh, in October. Mm -hmm. What's your um, what's your favorite part of doing everything with film? Like, is it um, the makeup stuff, the producing, the writing? Like, what's your favorite thing when it comes to making I think, movies? I think it's the actual filming, being on set. You know what I mean? I, I love producing and making the phone calls and bringing it all together and getting the celebrity to come in and everybody's excited. And, but I, I think it's, it's really that moment of, of capturing that moment that everyone else is going to watch, you know what I mean? But being there, seeing it live, it's kind of right. like filming a band that is going to be televised and experiencing that moment in person. Mm -hmm. You know how people say, Oh man, I wish I was on set. It's like, I'm always on set. I have to be there. <laughs> Yeah, there's no break for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, w with what's happening now, I've had a lot of self-tape cameos, you know what I mean? So it's uh -huh. it's created kind of a convenient thing. We don't have to bring them there. There's no green room, you know what I mean? But uh, I miss the in-person thing. I'm, uh, I'm an in-person kind of guy. That's why I liked touring, you know, right. meeting all the people that are like, oh, I've seen Bite School and I love it. And they want to take a selfie like that. That part's great. But since that part's kind of been on hold, I've kind of just been making as many movies as I can before the world opens back up. Yeah. And you got a ton of them ready to go. That's for sure. That is for sure. This summer, I'm going to definitely have a few releases like Killer Waves 2. That's got Marky Ramone from the Ramones in it. And a ton of other fun celebrities in it. And uh, that is a sequel surf slasher film to my 2016 film, Killer Waves. Which is awesome. And also have us, uh, we have a song in that movie as well. So another yeah. self-promo there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, man. 
Um, what was I going to say? You also have some books out, correct? I do. I wrote two bad joke books. You get them at Barnes and Noble. Total Punishment and Puns of Peril. And those are cool, especially being in books in uh, Barnes and Noble. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm a acclaimed novelist. What they're claiming, I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> Is it easy for like getting distribution in all these different places? Because you're in like Walmart too, I believe, weren't you? I am. I'm in Walmart, Best Buy, like I said, Barnes and Noble, Target. <laughs> everywhere, pretty much. Pretty more or less, yeah, mm-hmm. more or less everywhere. So, uh, you know, it's cool. I, I'm like uh, above ground, underground. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm like cult mainstream. That's a good term, yeah. <laughs> Is it uh, pretty much just you doing the whole operation, like when it comes to distribution, promotion, all that stuff? Do you have like a team with you or how's that work? Yeah, so I I, I go through a company called Allied Vaughn. They distribute uh, some films for companies like Fox and the Hallmark Channel and uh, Lifetime and Sony, mm-hmm. Universal. Uh, so I get like a you know, the sheet that goes out to all the companies and they just put out uh, Cheech and Chong up in smoke, I believe on Blu-ray. So I'm in good company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Definitely saw you are in great company with Cheech and Chong there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to watch those movies with my dad back when I was a kid. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially now that Tommy Chong's in one of my films, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. How was uh, working with Tommy Chong? How was oh, my he? God. It was incredible. In, yeah. Incredible. We filmed uh, at his mansion in his backyard. You know what I mean? It was uh-huh. pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Is he like he is, like, on camera, off camera? Is he the same way? Same. Talks yeah. the same. It's all the same. Same thing like when I met Jeff Goldblum. It's like there's no character there. That is them. You know what I mean? That's good to know. Yeah. Super chill, funny, you know what I mean? Have you had Jeff Goldblum in any of your films? or? I haven't, but you know what was funny? I, I was flying out somewhere, and Jeff was flying in, and he was not swarmed at all. Like, L.A., it's kind of funny, right, because there's so many celebrities everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. people in L.A. are, like, too cool to talk to celebrities. They're right. like, oh, I, I don't want to make it look like – I want to talk to a celebrity, but I'm from New York, so I don't care about that. So yeah. I was waiting by myself for a flight and Jeff Goldblum walks off of this plane and people aren't like, oh, my God, you're Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and so, of course, I went up to him and I asked him for a selfie. And then he I don't really like small talk. You know what I mean? Unless I have like a burning question or something. So he uh-huh. was kind of like. He was waiting to engage in small talk, but I, I just kind of wanted the selfie and was like, hey, you're Jeff Goldblum. I like your work. Like, let's get a picture together. And so he was kind of waiting for me to ask him some kind of like, what was it like to have that fly makeup on or kiss Gina Davis in so many different films? But mm-hmm. no, I just was like, thanks for the selfie. Bye. See you, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> That's a that's a killer story though, just to meet him, you know. I, I've I've been a fan of his for a long time, and he seems like a really cool dude. 
he was so cool. He's a tall guy. I'm not yeah, a, I'm six not a five, short I believe. man, but he is a tall man. <laughs> yeah. He is very tall. And uh, it was cool because, like I said, nobody – I was like, that's Jeff Goldblum. What? Why isn't this entire airport freaking out? But, uh, you know, I guess – they were too cool, but I was not. I was like, I want a selfie with you, and he was more than happy to oblige. Wow, that, that's a hell of a story, man. I, I like to meet Jeff Goldblum one day. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. are some of your most like uh, crazy celebrity stories? You have any of those? I know you probably do. I have a lot of yeah. those. <laughs> Just give me a few of them, like your top ones, I guess. I mean, like I said, as of right now, uh, Hunter Jackson from Guar has been making monsters in my backyard. Yeah, that that's is pretty that is pretty crazy. You know what I mean? I uh, I celebrate 420 with Hunter Jackson every day for like the last <laughs> month. Wow! <laughs> and he's he just tells me so many great Guar stories, and uh, you know, um. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got a good one for you. So you're, since we were talking about wrestling, right? Yeah. I was filming with, uh, the late great ECW wrestler balls Mahoney. Yep. I know he is. Yep. Okay. So, uh, balls Mahoney, uh, was doing a cameo in I spill your guts, which was my second feature film. So Mm -hmm. I was still pretty green but that was the movie that I was determined to to make a fun, great film. And that was kind of the film that turned the internet hate against Hack Job into, oh, I guess James Balsamo is a filmmaker. Because the reality of it was I was 25 when I made Hack Job, and uh-huh. it came out on such a major platform, people were like, what is this garbage? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, uh-huh. it came out, it didn't come out through trauma. It came out through a major distributor through Walmart and Best Buy. And then it got pirated and it was next to taken. Okay. Oh. So, so I'm, I'm just setting the scene for you. So, okay. so here I was now 26 set out to make a great movie because people said James Balsamo shouldn't pick up a camera. And I didn't realize people would be so uh, forthcoming with their hate, not only towards the movie, but to me personally saying things like James Balsamo should never pick up a camera. So I, I wanted to make a movie for fun when I had made hack job, but then I was like, Oh, I should show the world. I understand cinematography and I'm doing all of this by myself. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I was doing when I filmed I Spill Your Guts. So I wanted to get people that I really liked and, and worked with. So I had a photo of Balls Mahoney and I when I was 13. I had oh, wow. went to uh, a wrestling show, an indie wrestling show, as a birthday party for when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And I had a piece of a broken table for years from a table that Balls Mahoney went through. Uh-huh. So I, I when I was filming with him, I, I showed him the picture and he was like, oh, that's great. But he had a broken arm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had done a wrestling match the night before, and a piece of his bone was literally almost sticking out of the skin of his forearm. Damn. <laughs> it, you could see the bone protruding. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Wow. So 
So after we we film this cameo, he he hits uh, the executive producer at the time, Danny Danger, and our resident stuntman in the head with a real steel chair. Oh, which he had headaches for like eight months after that. Like, Holy you know, shit. Dan Dan was like a backyard wrestler, and he used to you know go through flaming tables. So he was like, yeah, do it, you know. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a masochist slash sadist. He he liked it, and All so right. Balls Mahoney, the king of chair shots, was like, "Okay, I'm gonna hit you with this real chair." And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." The chair was bent in half. Mm. Okay, but uh-huh. but that's not the best part of the story. After uh, after we film, there's like a wrestling mat in the back of this warehouse where they have a wrestling ring that we were filming in. And Mm -hmm. somebody on the crew was like, Hey James, I heard you wrestled in high school and you pinned a guy in 13 seconds. I want to wrestle you. And I was like, I don't, okay, let's go. (laughs) And so, you know, uh, I hip tossed this guy within a matter of seconds Mm -hmm. and pin him and Balls Mahoney is standing there, and he's like, okay, now I want to wrestle you. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, no, come on. And he's like, I'm like, you have a broken arm. I'm not, I could see the bone about to stick out. I'm not going to wrestle you, Balls Mahoney, ECW <laughs> legend. And he's like, James, this isn't an option. We're wrestling. And don't go light on me because my arm is broken. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So we start wrestling and I pin balls Mahoney. Mm -hmm. And I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy was strong. You know what I mean? Right. To his credit, he had a broken arm, but out of respect for balls Mahoney, I didn't go soft on him because he had asked me not to. So Uh I I pin him pretty quickly. And then he's like, okay, again, I'm like, what? No. He's like, (laughs) no, we're wrestling again. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, he's got this broken arm, okay, which mm-hmm. now I, I'm i like, okay. So we wrestle again, and then I hip toss Balls Mahoney, <sighs> and, and I pin him again for a second oh, time, and he's like, all right, all right, you win. Next time, though, we're having a rematch, mm. and that's my Balls Mahoney story. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. You got to pin balls, Mahoney. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice, yeah. He was a big dude, right? He was a big dude. What? Uh, when we filmed with him, though, he had lost a lot of weight. You could tell he was. I, you know, something wasn't right. He was uh-huh. get. He wasn't getting as healthy as he should have been, and he had lost a lot of weight. So. Yeah, I do was super extreme, and you know, when I would watch his matches and what ECW and stuff. Oh yeah, what a great theme song too. Yeah, and I've been hit with a chair before, a steel chair, and that shit hurts. Yeah, it does. It does. We used to do chair shouts when I was a kid. We'd be wrestling in the <laughs> front yard, me and my best friend at the time and stuff. And he was more extreme than I was because he was actually going to go try going to wrestling school, which I think he did for a little while. But anyways, he would say, "Hey man, get that." metal chair there hit me on the head as hard as you can I'm like you sure i'm like yeah so and we would wait for like somebody to drive by that way they can see it so if it was in the front yard so i'd slam the fucking chair in his head he'd be bleeding and stuff and 
fucking, and he hit me in the head, but not hard. And I was like, all right, I'm good. One hit's good enough for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, that's why they say don't try it at home. But I mean, how are you going to not? It looks so fun. Yeah. I grew up wrestling with my cousins and stuff, man. Like, like breaking couches, throwing them through tables and all. And like, not like real tables, just to like, uh, I guess, tables you have in a living room, like that your parents cuss you out for, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Oh, yeah. Be fucking wrestling and the whole couch just gives out. Oh, time to get a new couch. Yeah. I broke my leg training for a backyard wrestling match. I did a leg drop through a table made out of garbage cans and a surfboard, and I broke my leg. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. How long did you uh, train for doing that? Well, you know, I did backyard wrestling for a few years, and mm-hmm. then I, I did, I was driving home one day with my mom when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go to a garage sale to like a neighbor that's like two blocks away and they're selling ECW toys. And the woman goes, Oh, do you know who that is? I'm like, Oh yeah, that's the Amish roadkill. And she's like, that's my son. And then I look up and he turns around and walks out of the backyard. He's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, Oh my God, the Amish roadkill. <laughs> and so he tells me about a wrestling school uh, in Queens. And mm-hmm. then I started to train wrestling. Wow. And so they actually filmed me for a Transylvania aired wrestling commercial. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, and that was because of the, the Amish roadkill. Mm-hmm. Damn, you are you are a jack of all trades. I never knew you did the wrestling thing. That's that's oh, new. man, I I I've done a lot of stuff in my life. <laughs> I was uh uh you know, I wrestled and a lifeguard i i did uh i did magic selling at a mall (laughs) (laughs) how was that yeah it was interesting so i was i was a salesman for a magic trick called float now here's a spoiler alert for the the trick float um you could float any object in front of your face that's lighter than a pen Mm mm-hmm so like a coin or a piece of lint out of your pocket. And it, it looks like the thing is floating in front of you. You know, you move your hands in front of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a package, right? It was like a DVD that comes with the trick. But it was like once you buy the trick, there's no refunds. You know what I mean? Once you know what it is, you can't get a refund. Right. So basically you're paying $40 for a DVD and a piece of string with a little piece of wax. And then the wax goes on the string and then you run the string over your head attached to your thumb. And then Mm -hmm. you put the object on the other piece of the string with the wax Ah. and pull your hand up and down. It, it really looks like it's floating in front of your face, Uh but people would come back every day. I bought this crap yesterday. Give me a refund. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you you fell for the trick. It's a trick. It does exactly what you saw it do. Yeah. Piece of string. And you paid for it. So enjoy. <laughs> How much are you selling that for? Forty dollars. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I just worked for the, you know, the kiosk, the company. It, it, right. You know what I mean? I didn't invent it, but it was a great it was a great gag. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You know what I mean? And they made a killing. So 
And that trick is still used today, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen that shit. Oh, it, it's, it still is. And it still looks great. Mm-hmm. I know when I saw it for the first time, my brain was like, I wonder what it is. Is it magnets? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Maybe it's some kind of special thing from the government. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. a it's an effing piece of string. So string and wax, that's it. That is it. But it, it looks great. Uh-huh. You know what? Now that I think about it, I might put it in Alien Danger too because uh-huh. it is magical. Yeah, you should definitely do that. As long as uh, David Blaine doesn't come after you for revealing that trick there. That's true. <laughs> that might be one of his. I know. Are you a fan of David Blaine's magic? I am. I, I like magic. You know what I mean? I like illusions and Lord of Illusions. <laughs> oh, great movie. Yes. Yeah. I like <laughs> I like all that stuff. Yeah. I like fun. You know what I mean? I like fun and entertainment. That's what I enjoy. It's a good thing to like fun things. I mean, we live in a depressing world sometimes, and you need some fun shit to get your mind right. off of things. Oh, yeah, exactly. But you know what? The counter to that is there is so much joy and so many fun things, and that's why I like to make fun movies. Mm-hmm. You definitely achieve that. Like, I've that's never awesome. watched a film you've done that like, I felt depressed about or like, oh, you know, it was so mean or whatever. It's just like, you know, you feel good after you get them watching them. You know? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. There's some films that make me feel like shit for months and months. Like uh, one of those films being Gummo. Have you ever seen Gummo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know it happens you yeah. know it's a great one holy mountain have you seen that holy mountain it sounds familiar i'm not too sure when did oh, it come out watch that today that will blow your mind holy mountain is it an older film or it is okay i'm looking it up as we speak right now <laughs> you know if it's streaming anywhere or you have to Try to find it. I don't know if it's streaming, but it is. Uh, it's a great film. Okay, holy mountain! I'm add that to my list. Is it one that's gonna make me feel like shit for months to come? No, and I I think it'll do the opposite because you know it's uh it's wonderful. The cinematography it's a it's a must see. If you okay. haven't seen it, Holy Mountain is a must. Excellent. I'll put that on my list because I'm always looking for new things to watch. Oh, yeah. No, that's that should be on the top. I'll tell you that right now. Alejandro Jordawaski, you know, he did uh, a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, I definitely know the name there. I have to check that out then. So I love getting good recommendations and stuff. Yeah. No, Holy Mountains where it's at. Um, have you um seen them yet on um Amazon? The bug movie? No, no, the TV series that Amazon just did called Them just came out like maybe no. last month. Uh-uh. I highly, highly recommend that one. Them? Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's got some scenes. It's not gonna be a happy-go-lucky movie whatsoever. Like this, yeah. What? There's like a yeah. It's one of the fucking. It's depressing and fucking shocking and yeah, but I highly recommend it. It's like probably the favorite, my favorite thing to come out this year so far, TV-wise. And um, it's got some scenes in her, like I think episode five, especially you won't forget that shit, what you see in episode five. So yeah. keep that in mind. Be prepared. There's okay. there's this thing that um, I, I can tell you a little. Uh, it's not a spoiler, but there's something that one of the characters says. She says cat in a bag. And, and yeah, you never forget that fucking shit. All right. Me and my wife watched it before we went to bed uh, last week. And I was like, oh, we'll do one more episode before we go to sleep or whatever. And it was that episode. 
we were both sitting there like fucking traumatized. Like, I don't <laughs> think we should have watched that one. <laughs> yeah. Should have watched The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. We were, my girlfriend and I, we were watching The Treehouse of Hearts the other day. So oh, I love those. Yeah, me too. That's really the only reason really we got Disney Plus. What? I said that's really the only reason we got Disney Plus is for the fucking Simpsons. I know. And then they they edited some of them. I can't believe that. Yeah, they did that, and some of the aspect ratios are all messed up on some of them. I know. They really, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what else are you going to do? Are you going to buy all those DVDs? No, it's hard to find them, too. Like, I, I got a few seasons, but to get all of them, holy shit, that's a lot of DVDs. I know. It makes it convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan of the streaming stuff. I'm also a fan of physical media. You know, I like to try to support both. Yeah. But, man, the streaming stuff is so fucking convenient. And now that we have these, like, um, kind of smaller streaming sites like Shudder, and now Arrow has one, Arrow Player, which I'm I'm about to get on that. I haven't did that yet. But I, I love, like, the small, like, kind of niche streaming companies out there that really kind of cater to us real horror fans and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, Shudder's been the best shit ever. Like, I, I can't praise them enough. I've been with Shudder since they first came out, and I love Shudder. Yeah, they got some great stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Joe Bob alone is enough to make you want to get Shudder. <laughs> yeah. Do you follow Joe Bob in the last drive-in? Or? I, I do, yeah. We did a convention together a few years ago. It was cool. We were signing in the same row. I was nice. like, oh, cool. <laughs> did Joe yeah. talk and stuff? Or? Yeah, we talked briefly, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like a hey, howdy kind of thing. So. hmm He's an encyclopedia of film. He does. He knows his stuff, that guy. It's cool. I remember him back in the, I think, 90s when he was on TNT, I believe, from Monster Vision. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. that yeah. And seeing him come back when Shutter bought him back, I was like, that's the nostalgia film was like overwhelming. Like, oh, man, this brings back memories, man. And he's yeah. back. And he's pretty much the same as he was back then, just older, you know. I know it's it's great for so many people that had a show 30 years ago because you know nostalgia is kind of king right now. Mm-hmm. I was having thoughts of this place I used to buy um or rent videos from when I was a kid. Like you had your blockbuster, you had your like pickle flick videos, Hollywood videos, stuff like that. But I used to rent my videos from a drugstore. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like a hidden place. I got video games from there that nobody else was getting because they didn't know about it. It was called Farmore. And oh. they had a whole like chain of them. I don't know if you remember those from back in the day. It's like nineties. Uh-huh. And um they had a video section there, man. And like nobody would rent there because nobody knew they had a fucking video section. So they'd be stopped with all like the new Sega games, new Super Nintendo games, some of the like new DVDs that just came out, and it's like my little like hidden spot. Oh, and I yeah. still think about that. Like I was I get good feelings thinking about, oh man, that place. Nobody knew about it, like nostalgia from that. Yeah. Uh, video stores are kind of rare nowadays. It's true. Yeah. And they keep going under all the time. Yep, we only got one blockbuster left, and I think that's in Oregon, I believe. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I had a lot of good friends who worked at Blockbuster, the, our local one we had here. I know they kind of ate up the mom and pop shops and all that stuff, but I still, you know, they had some decent people that worked there and knew their movies. Yeah, no, it's true. Mm hmm. Yeah, there was a there was a video store on Long Island that I used to go before I to go to before I moved out to L.A. It was called One Twelve Video, and uh, 
they had an incredible horror section and sadly they went under too. It just, it just doesn't seem like a, a viable retail store. Like there's a nostalgia market, but it's not viable enough for constant in a mainstream. Right. Have you uh, visited Slashback Video in California? I don't know where I, I'm in California. Yeah, I went. I went the two times that it they had it open, and it, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they have so many great titles and covers, and you know, it it was fun. It's kind of like a pop up video thing, right? They're not always open, correct? Yeah. So they're they they're kind of more uh like an art display. Like the movies weren't even to rent some of the art things you could buy you know oh. they had you know select artists make vhs covers and then you could buy like t-shirts but the movies themselves were kind of display only okay hmm, that's interesting yeah it was totally to capitalize on the nostalgic kind of feel of uh you know horror vhs and it was great for what it was but mm-hmm. it it was definitely sad that it was like, oh, you can't rent and or buy this VHS. Yeah. So I totally thought you could. I didn't know it was like this an, kind of an art exhibit. That's yeah, kind of, was, uh. yeah. That that slashback though, they that um, that store where they had, oh, it's called like Mystic something. Uh, the actual store that hosts that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They've had some really cool things in the past. They had like an Evil Dead one with like actual Army of Darkness props, and you know, I've been to a few there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. And I think uh, uh, Dark Delicacies is out there. Is that what it's called? Dark Delicacies. It's like a bookstore. Yeah. Like I think they do video stuff over there. Have you heard of that? I have, and I have been there. Yeah. How, uh, how was that? It's great. Uh, they moved right before they, uh, right before kind of COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And the last time that I was there, um, they had just moved to their new spot and I was leaving, waiting for my Uber and, uh, an old man and his wife got into a car right outside uh-huh. of dark delicacies. And the old man drove up on the curb and, destroyed his car on this telephone pole oh shit like 12 feet away from me so i like felt the energy like leaving the car it was crazy like if and i like just moved in time like i don't know what happened Uh like he was just an old man and he managed to leave the parking spot where he was on the street and total this car. It was crazy. And that was the last time I went to dark delicacies. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like that place is a bit cursed. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's cursed, but the guy that runs it, Dell and his wife, they're great. You know what I mean? We had talked about doing a few signings before COVID happened, but, uh, I don't know. It just never happened. So maybe when the world opens, we'll do, uh, some kind of signing there. That'd be awesome. I got, um, I just got a, uh, Mick, Mick Garris's new novel. He's got out. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but, um, I got a signed copy from dark delicacies. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Cause I love Mick Garris. Everything he does is like gold to me. Let me ask you, where did you hear about that signing? Do you follow, do you get like a newsletter from dark delicacies? I've, no, I follow him on Facebook and I think I also get a newsletter. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. They're pretty active on Facebook. Like, 
I'm I'm always interested where people hear about horror things, so I know where to you know advertise and tell people because I'll I'll get orders from Australia and and I'm always like, how did you hear about my movie in Australia? I don't have a kangaroo with a sign that says <laughs> go to acidbassproductions.com. So mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting, like where horror fans kind of get their news because you know there's like a lot of different outlets nowadays. There is. There's a lot of outlets. I, I try to stick with Rue Morgue and Fangoria, uh-huh. and, and I think uh, Dread Central. Those are like my top three that I try to get my info from, like what's coming out or whatever. So I try to stick with those three through their social media sites and through the What's magazine. The third, one? Uh, third one is, uh, what did I say? Did I say uh, Bloody Dis- No, not Bloody Disgusting. What the hell did I just say there? I said Rue Morgue. I got Fangoria and... Um, let me get back to you on that one. I, I thought I said bloody disgusting, but I'm not sure if I did. There's another one, too, that's similar to that. So We'll have to check the archives. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. My brain has had a, a, a mishap there, a misfire, which happens sometimes. <laughs> that's all right. I've been there. Yeah. Um, last question I want to ask you is um, what are, like, you don't have to give me, like, a list or anything because it's too hard to do that shit. But what are some of your favorite all-time movies, of all, like, horror movies of all time? You know what? It's interesting. The movies that I really liked as a kid are kind mm-hmm. of becoming uh, cult mainstream now. Like Return of the Living Dead was one of my favorite movies, and I can't believe how many people love that movie now. There's like right. so many T-shirts and you know what I mean things uh, about it, and I, I love that movie. And it was really obscure, you know what I mean, growing mm-hmm. up and talking about the movie. And now I feel like people are like, oh, yeah, I know that movie. But, yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and it was cool to have uh, Linnea Quigley be in one of my films, you know. Oh, yeah, no shit. That's awesome. So um, I also love the Blob remake, the 80s Blob. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I like that one, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I like... Uh, the Suckling, have you ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen The Suckling. I, I've seen that on Shudder, actually, I believe, when it was on I like, there. I yeah. like, you know, I like I like stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I, that question's always hard for me because I'm always watching new movies. Right. I kind of I like to watch a movie once, you know? Yeah, because I mean? it doesn't ruin the magic for you. Because sometimes if you revisit a film, it's like, oh, I don't like it as much as I did when it first made that impact on me. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way, except for Mandy. Yeah. And Beetlejuice and Little Monsters. So those three right there I can watch oh, over yeah, and over. Little Monsters. I love that movie as a kid. Oh, God, so, man. It still holds up so well, too. That Howie Mandel. Dude, man. I, I wish I, I wanted to be a Little Monster so bad. I would like look under my bed when I was a kid all the way to my teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> still never, you know. Technically, it might have happened. I mean, I can, I'm kind of monstrous now, so it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who didn't want Maurice as a friend? That'd been so awesome, dude. Like, yeah, that you that I don't think that movie gets enough love, you know. It doesn't. I mean, it it's starting to, you know what I mean. I, I've seen a few companies make T-shirts for it now, but uh, you know, the his hand turns into that dog. There's so many great moments in it. I like when he's uh getting a piss for Ronnie. He's in the refrigerator. Yeah. Ooh, what's this? Oh, Ronnie sandwich. <laughs> what I was gonna bring up. Yeah. I love that part, that's, man. That's not apple juice. Yeah. Who pissed in my apple juice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we and need to get more people watching that. Totally. 
there's another little monsters out on on Hulu, I believe, and it's a cool movie. But it's, I think it's a zombie film, and I'm I'm good on zombies, really. Like I've seen so many damn zombie movies like recently. I'm just like yeah, you nice. know, and it's it's got the same name, so I you know it's gonna be hard for people to look back at the older little monsters, two totally different films, you know. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to make the Godfather's like the greatest film of all time, The Godfather. No, uh-huh. James Balsamo's The Godfathers. <laughs> Crazy story about wacky godfathers. You imagine all the attention you would get for that? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, man, we're going to watch The Godfather and be one of your films. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. That's good promotion, though. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's genius. <laughs> Thanks. I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> you do awesome, James. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You too, man. Keep crushing that music. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the band is no more. We're, um, we disbanded a couple of years ago now just because, you know, we've been doing it for like 17 or so years and it just kind of came to an end. Nothing bad or anything like that. But Well, you can always make more music. Pick up a pair of spoons. Well, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing some uh, synth stuff now. I got the intro to this podcast I wrote and it's all synthesizer shit. I'm kind of getting into that now and I, it's really fun. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Are you, are you playing on a Korg? No, I'm using a just a little MIDI keyboard. Uh huh. You know, nothing fancy, just a cheap MIDI keyboard. And I think I was running through GarageBand, and I oh. got a ton of like add-on stint stuff you can throw on there and shit. So I've been using that and coming up with my own like drum beats for it and stuff, and just laying some synth shit over the top of it. And mm-hmm. it's just fun and relaxing. Awesome. And I still play guitar and all that stuff as well too. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about maybe recording some like atmospheric droney type shit. Yeah, do it, man. But I'm trying to keep focus on doing the podcast and running the website and everything because those are I've only been running the website, the hard website for like maybe two years now. I think I have my two year anniversary and the podcast thing. This is my eighth episode, really my ninth, but I took one down. I had to take it down. So <laughs> so this is like my ninth. And I just want to keep doing this for now and see where I can go with it. Yeah, you could do it all, brother. You could do it all. Yep. Hopefully I'm trying. So. I just started a new band. Oh, yeah? With the members of Master. No shit. Yeah, it's called uh, Wizards of Pleasure. Okay. And we have songs like Pork the Orcs (laughs) and Tender Nipples of the Dragon. I'm glad you're laughing. That's what it is. It's a comedy metal band, and we all dress like wizards. Really? Oh, yeah. So. What do you play? I sing. Oh, you sang? No shit. I didn't know that either. Oh, yeah. I have a music DVD called uh, James Balsamo Knows How to Rock, and it's uh, out through Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, and -hmm. it's got music videos from bands that I've been in over the years. Wow. That's badass. You're a true renaissance renaissance man. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I play a few different instruments, but in this band, I'm just singing, so... That's way badass. You never knew that. So if you're listening, you need to definitely uh, check in on that. Everything James does, everything Acid Bath Productions, you got to look into it. It's fucking awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. My pleasure, dude. I've been supporting you for a while now, like helping you promote and all that stuff. I think we've known each other online for years and years now. Yeah, it's true. Time flies. It does. That it does. Mm -hmm. Well, it was great talking with you, James. Always I appreciate a pleasure, you being man. on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. It was fun.
It was nice actually talking to you instead of just yeah. typing at you. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, well, yeah. If you have any of that new synth music, send it my way. Maybe I'll throw it in a movie. Well, I'm working on a song right now that I'm basing around the movie Cobra. Oh, cool. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I got some artwork made up for it. It's, well, it's not really artwork in that sort. It's like photo edit art. Uh, you know what I mean? It's your face on Stallone? No, I didn't do that. <laughs> but it's still, it says um, Axe Murderer, dude. I can't think of his name right now. I'm uh-huh. using him as my image. Oh, cool. But yeah, you, are you a Cobra fan? I am. I, I love that movie. Although... I think it's really funny that they like they send all of their bad guy henchmen after one witness to die. Oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they send everybody they've got after Bridget. <laughs> it was a Bridget, Bridget Nielsen, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Bridget Nielsen. Yeah, all of them. And then <laughs> Stallone kills all of them. It's great. I mean, it's fun, but like the reality of like one witness you know what i mean <laughs> uh-huh and a fun fact about that film there that is uh panos cosmatos's dad from uh who did mandy that's his uh-huh. dad that did cobra oh interesting Mm-hmm. and they kind of have similar looks to it with like their deep reds and all that stuff and a kind of dreamy look you know yeah definitely see a, a thing there but yeah i would definitely uh send that your way when i'm done that'd be awesome to have a synth song in one of your movies, you know. I've already done like guitar stuff, like to have something, a new medium in there would be awesome. Yeah, send it my way. Excellent. Well, you have yourself a, a good week and good weeks to come and stuff. And uh, yeah, I see you out there on the internet webs. Yeah, you too, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, you take care. Thanks, brother. You too. Bye. Bye.